Hi, I'm Sean Horn, founder and CEO of BeBell.ie. So what is BeBell? Well, it's a place of positivity. It's a place where you can be happy, be kind, be bold, feel supported and encouraged to fulfill your dreams. So join us on social at BeBell.ie for future events and upcoming podcasts. So today I'm joined by the fabulous Lisa from Dear Diagnosis and it was such a lovely chat because we kind of went back obviously as we always do to the start but throughout our chat I could really see that although she's had an amazing journey and herself and her amazing daughter she really is starting to come into her own now and start in her own journey which I can't wait to see where that goes. But yeah, really, really interesting. And another example of how we come into our own and how we've got to look after ourselves. So I hope you enjoy this next podcast. Lisa, hi, and welcome to Bebel. How are you? I'm good, Shan. And you, as we said earlier, it's long overdue to be chatting to each other. I know. <laughs> And actually, you were saying to me last time we saw each other was we had, we were masked up in Brown Thomas, and I think the previous time um, was in Merchants Key. Was Briefly. it? Oh, I'm going back. I'm going back some time now. I think oh, okay. It was the first okay. time I might have bumped into you, and I remember thinking then I need to get her on the Beebell podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so it's yeah. really overdue. Really, it, overdue. it is. It really is, and I think it's just it. Do you know the way it is, Chan? It's like life gets in the way and sometimes then you know somebody might ask you do you know want to do it live do you want it and then you could be having the shittiest day that day and it just totally destroys your mood it destroys you and I'm like I can't talk to anybody I don't want to talk to anybody you know and it's just let me go to bed put the covers up over my head and just go to sleep you know and it's like I know people have good intentions and they want to speak to you and you're like no can't can't that's just yourself that's just me that was just me anyway yeah, no, and I think we exactly that. It is, it's you, and like we yep. all have our own um, way of dealing with things. And I think it's important to always protect ourselves, isn't it? Yeah, a hundred percent. It's it's protection. It's definitely yourself. Your, I think your mind at the time and how you're feeling, and it, it is all that. It's protection. It's definitely a form of protection for yourself. Yeah. But anyway, we're going to open up Lisa today because this. Oh is God. All- this is all about you. I know when I said okay. it to you, she was like, oh, good God. Well, so, 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 it's all about you. Um, but it is all about you today. So mm-hmm. for you, where did it all begin? As in, I suppose, where did it all begin for me? I was actually thinking about this earlier on. I was saying, how do I start all of this? Where did it all begin? I suppose it didn't begin for me, Shan. I, in the last, I would say, I'll be truthful and honest here with you. Probably the last five years, I would say everything began for me in my life. Five years for me, not previous as in having my kids and being the mom and everything. But for me as a person, I definitely think I found out who Lisa was. And I would love, you know, when you see in a movie and you hear that rewind, but when you see your life going backwards, I wish I could do that. I wish I could press that button, rewind and say, I didn't like that Lisa back then, but I do like her now. You know, and I think maybe many, I've had this conversation with many a therapist, as they say, and yeah. it's everybody. I think everybody's like that. We don't find ourselves, I firmly believe, till we're in our 40s. I don't care what anyone uh, says. I, you know, and I hate to be ages, but I, I, I do agree with you. But do you know what? We are going to do a bit of that 
And we're going to go right back to the beginning, prior to kids and prior to anything else, mm-hmm. and see what we learned along the way. So where were you born, Lisa? Where were you brought up? I was born here in Cork, Erinville. Many will know anyone from Cork. Listen, that, that's where I was born, in Erinville Hospital. Um, I slot in of my family of origin. I'm the oldest, so I'm 46. Um, next, no, 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 sorry. Rew- <laughs> rewind, I'm 45. <laughs> Two weeks time, I'm 46. Um, so yeah, I was, I came from a huge family, like not on both sides, but definitely I came from a huge family on one side. A um, lot of women, lot of, um, yeah, so we, we leave that there, as they say. So trying to, I suppose then growing up, I, I can honestly say, oh, as I said, five years ago, I found out a lot that I'm, I don't know, many might, I suppose, identify with this, but I had no memory as they say, as such, of childhood, things like that. And it's only since I've been in therapy that I found that that has been a huge, the words that they put around, Shan, is disassociation, it's called. So growing up, I, things that I remember now, I loved life. I was full of life. I was very, I loved dancing. I loved singing. I loved drama. I loved all that. And then I think I hit a part where we went into our teenage years and I lost myself completely. And that is coming from a lot of disassociation. Trying to find, yeah. yeah. Did you find as the oldest child, Mm -hmm. there was a lot of responsibility put on you? Um, I think so, maybe, yeah. I I suppose looking back, probably, yes. I think there was a lot, I think, as the oldest. And I think there's another word they use, a lot of scapegoats, you know, you would be, I suppose, a lot of things that came up in your life, you know, as the years went on. It was a lot of that, a lot of, again, a lot of stuff put on your shoulders that shouldn't have been as a child. I yeah. put it that way, as in when you're yeah, younger. No. Yeah, do you know, a lot of that shouldn't be. I think as children, we have no, can, we don't, we're trapped in a world like we're kids. But also then there's the adults who were supposed to nurture us and look after us. I think they're all still kids as such. And they're still walking around kiddish and trying to find their way in lives as well. But then there's the child who needs the nurturing, the foundation, the conditioning. And that's hence why I always felt we are conditioned, you know, in our environment a lot, you know, and it has a, has a huge effect on us. Oh, massive. I mean, I think you, 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 you are, you know, people don't realise how, uh, how big the effect of 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 our childhood is until Mm -hmm. you get older and you look back and then and then it is things like you just said you know the the people that we're talking about that we wanted to rely on were probably half our age (laughs) yes exactly that's it yeah they're kids too like they're walking around you know trying to find their way I mean we're all you know between grandparents parents aunts uncles you know cousins that we would have looked up to when they were older but they're all still kids too. They're all trying to find their way. So it's yeah. like a, it's the ripple effect going on all the time. And I definitely think we're a product of our environment as well. You know, Absolutely. but your childhood doesn't define who you are. I found that through therapy. Like it's not defining us who we are as we grow up, you know, yeah. as we're coming up through the ages as but, such. But you talk about loving drama and loving dogs. Oh. I know we both have a love for tap dancing. Yeah. We still oh. have to do that class. <laughs> yeah, we will. We will. We will. Yeah. We will. And so, when you were when you were young, like, what did you? Where did you think? Did you think you'd be a dancer? You thought you'd be on the oh. stage, or 
Oh, Shan, I thought I was going to be like, oh my God, I was, I was in the Manforts, it was called people know from Cork, that yes. would know the Manforts, and I had the best teacher, Mrs. Long, she was absolutely brilliant, and she always wanted me out the front, she always wanted me to smile more, but I didn't know how to smile more, I didn't know, you know, to be at that time, when I was younger, as I say, your foundations, you know, you need that push, that shove, that, you know, you are going to do this, you can do this, you're the best at it. But then she left Shan and went to Canada. I'll always remember when I was, I think I was 11, maybe stroke 12, Kiva's age right now. And I remember going, oh God, where's she going? I was like, she can't leave. I'm just getting started. And I remember there was one particular teacher. We were all told we were going to go into that class. I wasn't having that Shan. I wasn't going into that class. No way. I was like, I don't, I don't want to be there. I don't want to go into her. She actually frightened the shit out of me. I put it that way to you. So... (laughs) Mrs. Long was the nurturer, as they say. And I was like, she was just amazing. And I just loved her. We clicked. We got on. She was just a fantastic dancer. And I know probably people know that might listen to this would know who I'm talking about. And she just had a way about her. And that was I thought then I was going on the stage. I was going to be in Broadway or wherever that was going to be. Yeah. But I didn't. I just stopped. It just stopped. All stopped. Stopped at that age at 11. Yeah. Then. Okay. 12 I'd say it was 12 ish I'd and, say it was and 12. Did you take that energy elsewhere did you do sports at school like what what did you joy about school I suppose was it the I first- hated school hey. hated school Shan yeah I hate I wasn't the best at school um I suppose like that I actually I was listening to your podcast last week Gail Gail's trails she was absolutely yes. brilliant I, I really identified and I kind of have actually just reminded myself I was going to drop her a voice note and say listen Gail me and you must have been the same bubble in school because I fucking hated school. <laughs> and like that, you were put into, I suppose, primary was okay. I did struggle a lot, Shan, I won't lie. Um, but I still loved life. It was just, it was just always me, but I was always the, when I look at it now, probably staring out the window going, I wish I was singing somewhere, dancing somewhere, you know, or I didn't want to be in school. And then I went to secondary and like that, we were all put into, you know, the categories, which was awful. And I remember my class name, I listened to Gay last week, my class name was Javi. So like the, you know, okay. as in, yeah, we're we're not the greatest, you know, and I hated it, even though we had the best class, as in the characters. I remember walking into my first into the first day of my class, and it was like, I was mine. I'm W, so it's Walsh. So I was like, shit, I'm going to be down the back, you know. I can feel it because we were all called in by alphabetical order, and like, who am I going to be put next to? And I was put next to a guy called Alan and we're still like, I'd still see him and his wife this day. And he was my protector, as they say. The best laugh, Shan, he swung out of me as in he'd be like nearly dragging me by the hair all over the classroom, just making me rough and tumble. But we had the best laughs. But I will say I hated school. Hated it. It was just leave me go. I just want to get out of here. Yeah. It's funny because when you're talking about it. When you think about it, your face changes. But when you talk about <laughs> Alan and talk about going in, you're you're really smiling. So, yeah, so, yeah. So you obviously enjoyed the social aspect of school, right? Yeah, because like yeah. I suppose you were trying to find yourself as well, and you tried to fit in. You know, I wanted to be like one of the popular girls, even though I hate that word, the popular girl. But we just had a night. There was you still had your trying to find your yourself and your people and who you got on with. But we did have a big, where I came from as well, like in the, as they say, where we lived, it was like, there was always different gangs and groups and stuff, yes. you know? And I was always, I suppose, I never wanted to be in trouble. If I was in trouble, I'd get killed at home. Like, oh my God, I would be murdered if I were in home yeah. and I was in trouble. 
But I, I always kind of felt as a person, as a, as a girl, I didn't know how to sometimes react to, to other girls and to women or whatever that was. But as in fun times, I just loved the crack. I loved having the laugh, having just whatever it was in school. But then I met my husband in school. So I got I went into school in first year and I met my husband now in second year. So we that's like they were a year ahead, but we all met in school, if you get me. So it was. Yeah. And did you think it made a big difference? I went to mixed school and yeah. um, I think that makes a big difference. For oh, people. It's I think every school should be mixed. I don't think this boy, this girl, I think we need as human beings to be functioning with the male and the female all the time because it's how we grow. I just don't think sticking to the one gender, as they say, is going to make any, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I felt definitely having the boys there. Obviously, you found, you know, am I attracted to men? Am I attra- You know, you could see that as well, whereas I start to come into my own and I saw myself attracted to men, boys, whatever, and that kind of was my distraction a bit then as well because I hated school. I hated <laughs> learning. If I thought I would date after school, maybe my, my boyfriend, I'd be, I'd be thinking about that all day. Back the max. I couldn't be arsed. I was going to say, for someone that didn't like school, it sounds like you had great crack. <laughs> All right, that's what I mean. My class, even though we were put into categories, my class was the funniest class because we had the best crack. Oh, when I think about so what we've done. Feeling like you did, and I, I know I know how that is. I was in special class at school, yeah. and but I had this like real determination. I'm going to when I get out of school, I am doing this and I'm going to prove them wrong. And I'm going to like, how did you, yeah. Yeah. I felt, I remember going, this was wrong. I remember opening the, you know, the letter to say what class I got into. Oh, this is wrong. This is not my class. I was crying because my friends were all in other classes. I was the only girl out of all our friends that were in the park at the time. Um, didn't get into that. I was on my own. Basically I was starting on my own in the class. But when I look at it and I look back and kind of going, when you think about it, Shan, we were probably, there was learning that I, I felt kind of like there was things I need to learn yeah. a different way. I think the way they look at school now, you know, I look at Kiva and my boys and they look at school a really different way of learning. I definitely didn't have the retention span as they say. I didn't retain stuff really well. I'd have more of a photographic memory, as they say. My thing was all, if you gave me a magazine, Shan, you're probably the same. I'd read a magazine all day. Don't give me a book. I'll throw yeah. the book at you. Yeah, that was me. I tried the book. Well, um, I'm identical, and actually, I'm I'm back and like yourself studying now in forties yeah. and having to read books is a killer. Um, yeah, because it never never interests me, and I do have the same I, a real visual memory. So it, I yeah. could I could watch someone present for five mm-hmm. or six hours, and I would remember everything about that presentation. Yes, probably teach it to someone straight after. Whereas if I picked up the book, I wouldn't consume the information. Yeah. And the and the only this might say, I suppose, as I got older and because I went into, I suppose, really, really looking at who I was as a person, as in I went back to do a lot of therapy work. I now adore therapy books. I can read that even though they could be that fiction, I will read them cover to cover whereas go back to school and give me all these maths and algebra and th- which I should think sorry like unless you're going to be a professor or a scientist there should be character you know and you have interest in it go into that class but when you no interest in algebra I couldn't tell you what a pi square was couldn't tell you if, t- if if I was put my tables on the spot 
I'm sitting like this, like shaking, quivering, going, I can't multiply that. Are they for real? You know, whereas then I suppose, as I said, the therapy, the books, I think we need to find that that now needs to be changed. We need to find what we really love as in what our passions are in school, you know, and then see. But they don't nurture that enough. I don't think they don't nurture that enough. I think it's so funny because on one flip of it, they don't nurture it enough. And the other flip of it, they seem to want you to decide what you want to do for the rest of your life. (laughs) Like I had this conversation with my 18 year old. He's nearly 18 and he's 18 in June. And we had this conversation on a car drive like you normally do. And he said to me, he was like, you know what, mom, I'm 18, but I don't know what I do. But you know what? I'm going to figure it out. And I thought, you know what? I've. I'm delighted he just said that to me because I think if we had that, we were growing up like, I'll figure it out, ma'am. I'll figure it out, dad. I think we'll be, you know, just support. I think it was a huge thing. I think we just need to support our kids in their decisions they make and stand back with no judgment, no worrying about what Mary down the road because her fella's gone off and he got 550 points, you know, and my fella didn't in school. It doesn't matter. I think no, it's a huge a, thing. There's a ridiculous amount of unnecessary pressure. Mm-hmm. Huge, huge, absolutely, definitely. So we, so I know you met your husband in school. Did you, did you meet, like, did you start dating in school and you've been together? Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we, I, I was in second year. Paul was doing his uh, intercert, a junior cert now at the time. And I was nearly 15. So I was 14 going on 15. Really, he keeps saying, at least you were 14. I'm like, I wasn't, I was 15. I'm trying to put the extra year in it. Um, so we're like, 30 odd years together like we're since school we met and we just and I remember Shan um, when I met him I said straight that's the man I'm going to marry I said it to my friend my friends will vote for this Audrey and Alison and they'll, they'll vote for us and she did say that yeah and they were like you're going out with who you fancy who <laughs> and they're like Paul and I'm like yeah they're like really he's mad <laughs> so Paul was Paul was a character yeah let me tell you and so from school what happened next so basically, I suppose we, myself and Paul, as I say, we just thrived for like the two of us were like, we just loved going out. We loved buying, like all it was, Chan, I think like every teenager growing up, all you want is your clothes on a Friday night, running in town, you know, the best of, I wanted the best shoes, the best, you know, whatever it was, and just to go out on a Saturday night, parade yourself around the place going, I feel good. And then real life hits you and all that. I think we were lucky as, teenagers we lived it up we went to Ibiza we did all the mad things you know for years we got engaged in Ibiza we were like we thought we'd get married in Ibiza now everyone would come to Ibiza and get married with us that all went out the window so like I just feel we had great times but we always longed for we wanted to be a family unit the two of us wanted kids so then obviously we had our kids at I had my first at 24 yeah so no sorry 27 I was 27 that's like 27 so you had, so, you had, you know, you had good times. And did you, when you say, you, you know, did some traveling, did you, did you go away for a period of time or were they all holidays? No, all holidays. We all, we lived it up with holidays. We, we always regretted not going away, you know, as in heading off and becoming an adult, we'd say, or trying to find yourself more away from your environment. So I really felt that we probably should have did that, but we didn't. We look, there's no, we can always do it maybe when the kids are grown up. But well, look, such as life. Plenty of time yet, babes. Plenty. Yeah. Of time oh yet. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, so, would you say like you you are quite homebods, the two of you? I suppose back then, yeah. Looking back, I wish I wasn't. 
you know, there was no need to be running back home or be homesick or anything like that. That that's a whole other uh, ball game, Shan, as they say. But like, I just feel we love family, like as in yes. two of us as a as you know, a husband and wife, mother and father. We do love having our little family together, really. You yes. know, so it kind of it's it showed us. I think when you do have kids, it really shows you crack. It shows you who you are. It shows you what resilience you have, patience, you know, what things bug you. It shows you so, so much. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, so you... But 27 is a good age. You know, you, yeah. you've done a, a lot of passing. You've gone out. So so your first child? Bradley. Yeah, he's yeah. nearly 18. Yeah. So like I had, we had three kids. So Bradley, yeah. Simeon and Kiva. But I think before I suppose reverting back with, I suppose, with work and how I ended up, you know, I like that as well like it's a true sign of like you know when you're younger not knowing what you want and trying to have it nurtured and stuff I never knew what I wanted Shan I was in and out of jobs as in I was always in retail I suppose I had two long-term jobs which would have been Brown Thomas was one of them best years of my life and then I worked for directory inquiries in 11 11 in aircom best years of my life so right. Yeah, two, and I suppose I never really truly wanted, I kind of didn't know what I wanted to be. I hate that, like yes. what you want to be. I hate that as well, like the cliche, what do you want to be? You I know, know and you grow up. Funny. yeah, and now I just say me, thanks very much. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I like me. As I said to you, I wish I could do the and go back a couple of years, or 20 years if I could, and just you have erase to, it. You have to tell me then, I've heard your two best jobs. What was the worst job you ever did? Oh Christ! I remember it. Should we say the name? We probably should. It was in a. It was actually a a laundry place. Like as in, you know, I will never. It was a summer job. I think it was probably my first job, and I had to pull. I was in um this big industrial. I just I could see it now. I'm even getting oh, um, and big machines. I remember this beautiful smell of comfort. You know that like you know of sheep when you see in a hotel and this the, the these big industrial machines and having to pull them with other women into a big huge grinder through machines for them to be dry on the other side shan i think i laughed about two stone doing it that summer i was wrecked i hated it i used to come home i cried i i pretended then you know that i always yeah it's grand it's a job but i was in my bedroom roaring crying going this is the worst time of my life and i just remember one day saying i'm out of here i'm out of here and i just walked out the door it was horrible and, and and not knowing, because I, I probably never really knew what I wanted at that age, but I didn't know that I that I didn't know. Yes, Does that's that it. it. And I think, like I say, if you could rewind, everything we've gone through, and I know everything I've gone through, has made me who I am today. You know, definitely has brought me to where I am. But at the same time, I wish some parts didn't happen. It could have been avoided. But it wasn't, you know, you just had to go straight through the, the feelings of it all, straight through the emotions and come out the other side and go, well, what you learn from that now? You know, so there's a huge and I, as I said, the only thing I suppose that I feel where I got and when I had my kids, because like that, I was still living on my la la land, as I call it, because I loved la la land life, as in it was just I loved life. I remember having Bradley going, oh, Jesus, where do I go now? I could still bring him to a beat on my back. I can still, I know I'm going to be able to bring him in the backpack. We're going to get on the plane, Paul. That was short-lived. That was short-lived. And then I suppose having your second and then Kiva 
and then thrown into the world of disability, Shan. That really, I definitely, like, she was the makings of us, or me, yeah. I should say. She was the makings of me, definitely. Yeah, that's where I am now. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so, obviously, so what gaps are there between the children? So you have Bradley at 27. I have three, three, and three. So my clock was ticking three, three, and three, as they say, your, your what is it, your biological clock? I know yeah. cliche of a thing. It's not. I had my kids. Two years and so many months, at, you know, in between each other. So Bradley's nearly 18, Finian's 15 and Kiva's nearly 12. So. Okay. And so when obviously you're pregnant with Kiva, like mm-hmm. when do you discover that this is going to be a different path for you? Like that, we didn't. We had, like I say, I always longed for to have a daughter. I suppose I longed for that mother-daughter relationship yeah. that you know I was like I really want to see you know what it's going to be like and that I you know my I just cannot wait to have a girl and you know after having the two boys Bradley was just he really pushed it into gear for me that like yes I'm the best mom you know I'm a good mom I love kids I just have that kind of side to me that I just I'm very I just lo- I loved kids because I suppose I came from such a huge family there was always cousins around there was always some you know yeah. kids around as such so I had that nurtured part to me so he kicked it off. Then Finian was more, again, we were just sauntering along life. It's like, we have your two boys. You know, you have the life, blah, de, blah. And next, Kiva came along. We didn't know anything till she was born. So I think it was like, I don't know. I always say it, it was just meant to be. I, 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 It might sound, I don't know, awful to say, you know, you're given a child and you're put into the world of disability. You know, you don't know what's ahead of you. It's a it's a really really hard hard time. It's a hard road, um. But then you it's when you come out the other side of it. There's always there's something. There's a reason there. There's a rhyme. There's there's something. It shows you something definitely. When you go to into that world of the unknown, though, is there support mm-hmm. systems there? What or was there support systems there to help you? Did you feel like you had people to talk to? You had information that you could find? Um. No. I, I'm not going to lie there's no yeah. point that, that, because I didn't know like I remember as I said like when I went to Ibiza and I remember seeing people you know had dwarfism and I remember it going she you know we I never kind of really took I, I noticed it and I was like oh you know how hard that must be for them when I remember looking but like they were living it up and I was saying I always remember looking back on you know what, did I do something wrong back there did I say something bad about them was I being given this now because I said something bad or that I looked at them the wrong way or you've no idea of the emotions that I went through at the time when Kiva was diagnosed dwarfism it was like oh my god what like what did I do to deserve that what did I why am I in this why did I why did this happen to me why me why me and it was like a pity party at the time I always remember it Chan but I didn't have the support nobody knew nobody understood it nobody I remember being given the slip of paper inside the CUMH going, uh, just look up that website there. Just be prepared, you know, be prepared. I was like, be prepared for what? A website? I was like, oh, oh www. It was like achondroplasia.co.uk. I'll always remember that website. And Paul, of course, myself and Paul being given that, we were like, what's this all about? Like, who? where do we go? Who do we talk to? And I remember going home that evening. It was a Friday evening when we found out that she was diagnosed with this. And... I remember going, oh, my God. And Paul logged on. I'll always remember the computer. He literally caught the computer and just flung it to the window. I was like, oh, my God. So we that was art. We didn't know then 
what to do. I suppose we were in contact with people in CMH. They they kind of they were starting to really see there was another girl born the year before Kiva and a boy. So he kind of I remember meeting the doctor and he kind of said to us, look, I have he didn't know all about it, but he knew something of it, you know, and he said, I think she has, you know, what they call achondroplasia. And I was like, oh, Jesus, what's this? And it was just when I think back, it was a minefield. Yeah. And is it genetic? Is it um, I do you know what, Shan? That's a good question because they said to us, no, for us it wasn't that it it's it was just they call which I hate the word freak mutation is what was used. I was like a mutation. So basically, it was like something that happens to average height parents eighty percent of the time. So twenty percent are supposedly born to parents with the same condition. Okay. And the eighty percent that are left over are of average, or you could have people that are really extremely tall will have a child with dwarfism. That's basically what we said. But I think if I was to be true for myself, it has to go. I just think somewhere along the line, maybe back generations and generations, somebody in our family had dwarfism. I feel I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. And so walking away and going through that, you know, not knowing, I suppose, what what mm-hmm. to expect and not having that support. How did you guys deal with it? Oh, we'd huge. I suppose I went into overdrive. Paul was Paul. It took Paul a good year. We were never on the same page. We were never. I would have a good week. Paul would have a bad week. I'd be like, why are you like that? He'd be like, why are you like that? I have to accept this. You have to say that it was really, really tough. Um, support wise, I don't think anybody knew what end was up. I don't think uh, all it was. Is, oh, she's what the biggest thing for me was. Oh, she's great now today. Oh, she's got a bit taller. I'm like, got a bit taller. Are you for real? I'm like. Really? I'm like, no, you know, oh, she's doing well. Oh, she, but they, I don't think people actually realize that we were on high alert for the first year or two of Kiva's life because we were told by her consultant that we probably wouldn't sleep for the first year. You know, she might not wake up after six months. There could be a, a thing that she might, she could die. You know, this foreign magnum, the, magnum, they were all thrown around the words that that could close on her. We didn't know how bad she was going to be. We didn't know, you know, but go away and enjoy her child. That's basically what I was like, you know, enjoy her. We're like, please, yeah. mother of God. Yeah, you're for real. Yeah. So we didn't sleep for a year. We didn't have that, I suppose. We just went on overdrive. We had two other babies as well, Shan, at the time. So I had two young boys. And I re- I'll always remember the memory of opening my front door with my old house where we lived. Paul had, you know, the, you know, the carry, I call it the carrier, whatever, it is, that you take out of the bed, the buggy and, we brought her in and we put her down and the two boys ran out. I was roaring crying. I was just, I just started, I was just crying anyway. And they ran out. They were like, oh, there's our sister. And I remember Paul saying, boys, all I ask is that you mind her. I'm getting upset now because I can still remember. Yeah. It's like, it was just so sad. And I said, I'm getting upset, Shan. I know. And I, just, I know. And I remember his, her dad, their dad saying, just mind her. So that was it. <laughs> can you edit this part out (laughs) do you know what I just think that's so beautiful and Mm -hmm. and it's from watching your story over the last few years it's so apparent that they always have yeah so so special yeah they kill her but Shani she is the like she killed them yes she killed them she I'm always saying like I really I I'm glad for Kiva that she got Paul's I suppose Paul would be like Paul comes across with times of being really tough and not tough, but yeah. you know, he's he's stern and you know, and she's got that. She hasn't like 
I think my middle child is me all over. Like Finian is me, definitely. And Bradley then is a mixture of the two. Yeah. it's great though isn't it yeah as time went on and I suppose you went through all the different emotions you know that yeah a point where you just went we're out the other side and 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 I feel we can move forward yeah I suppose there was part of I think I knew it was going to be okay until I suppose it's every stage like if I was to give any advice to any moms I think it's the part where you go through with like the realisation that it's really, really real is when they come into school. Start It's when they start their school and you know real life is going to take over. That's when the biggest challenge is for us is the school. It's life. It's real life, Shan. It's when you put them, when they come out of the, little, the womb, we'd say, and then they have to go to real life. And you're, like we say, carrying your own shit in life with you and your own stuff that you have to carry. You're trying to rear that person that has a disability even though yourself is struggling internally with what all the outside influences that's going on in your life. And you've got to rear somebody with a disability. It's really tough. And, and I suppose, you know, we would be anxious the, the first day of school. I mean, normal yeah. parents are anxious the first day of school. You've been through it twice already. How was she like? Did she? Oh, yeah. She ran in the door. She's like, bye, mom, see ya. I'm like, oh, for God. I'm like you're supposed to be crying for me I'm like no she's not and she's waving out at me and she's like teeny tiny she's the the nearest thing to a doll you know and you're like oh my god they're going to overpower her they're gonna you know somebody's gonna push her and she's gonna fall and someone's gonna step on her or you know it's like oh geez I'll never forget it but I have to say she just I think it's until she got as far as probably second I suppose first to second class that's when it's it started all going belly up again and life took over again and tough, you know, decisions had to be made. And oh, it was just, it's awful. It was awful. And was that a case of her coming to you and saying, I, I want to make some decisions about my future? Yeah. yeah, it was. It was a case of, I suppose, we were brought into every appointment we went into Kiva would have heard doctors talk in front of her. So I suppose a big thing for us, even with like the journey that she went down with the limb lengthening over yeah. two years ago now, that that decision kind of started being implanted in all of our heads and in our, as a family of around the age of seven and about seven going on eight that started for Kiva because then she started noticing her peers were like we'd say just I suppose for a mental image for people listening was you know you're half the size of somebody you're below their shoulders they'll always be a head and shoulders if not more a body above you yeah. you know so that's when we started Kiva started then coming home I hate my life I hate being small. Is there anything I can get? Why can't somebody make me better? Why did God, there was a big thing of, of for a while, why did God make me this way? I hate him. I hate my life. I mean, we're not religious as in, as in I don't, we don't talk about these things. You know, we have our, whatever, we kind of say there's always a higher being up there. There's, you know, but Kiva was very much that way. Why me? Again, it was all then. And we had to make, we had to sit her down in front of, you know, we gave her the option of going then to doctor's speaking to them and at that young age like Sean I think we do discredit an awful lot for young people and children we're like sponges like we know everything we pick up on everything whether that be an emotion or something we thrive on it we pick it up like so yeah yeah, so Kiva knew Kiva knew at a very young age she was different she had a disability and she just wanted to see was there something that could help her that was basically it 
And that first part of the journey that she did like two years ago with the limb mm-hmm. lengthening, like mm-hmm. is, where does that go from? Like, so the first part of that was obviously the legs, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a big case of, I suppose, it was years of planning. So it was two to three years of chatting, planning back and forth. And then it was a case of like, as I said, there's a new doctor, a doctor that went to America. We were told to bone him. He was coming back. He was going to be setting up this clinic. He was going to be doing this. He was going to be, you know, bringing it basically for children with achondroplasia that could, he could help them. And so hence that's the journey. That's where it began with the legs. So we knew from the get go, we had told Kiva, there's three stages to this. There's your legs starting. Then the middle part is your arms and the third part is your legs again, if you want that at the age of the last operation was 16, 17. So. Okay. And after having the first operation, mm-hmm. like where is she at now? Does she feel like she wants to continue? Yeah, she, I suppose it was a huge thing. I, I, you're going to be the first, I suppose I'm disclosing this, I suppose here, Shan, I didn't speak of it. I like that on my stories. Yeah, I felt were people were people, you know, do they want to hear about it anymore? It things like that. It was a huge factor for me. I decided to go from it was my small wonder, as you know, and um, hence why I just decided then I needed to protect Kiva a lot more. She was getting older and we were out of the blue, I suppose, about two months ago. We were given a phone call after going through all the surgery. It was a success. She nearly gained five inches, four and a half inches on her legs. You know, now this isn't like she's not giganticism right now she's still she's still smaller she's uh, she knows she's able to do a few things that she couldn't do before all of this and we were given a phone call out of the blue two months ago to say that what Kiva got done the rods in her legs have to be removed so they're actually coming out so that was a struggle that was I went I went into complete spiral down oh my god what have I done oh sweet Jesus have I done something to my child I had umpteen phone calls with the surgeon and, you know, it was basically findings that the rods that went into Kiva that they've been using for the last 10 years have to come out of her legs now. Okay. I was like, Jesus, what have we done? But like, I suppose going back and forward, um, Shan, it was told it has to be done. They have to come out. There's going to be just, there's a lot of, I suppose, things have to be done, like um, um, testing. Is everything going to be okay with the legs going forward? but she can get her arms done on the same day. So this, hence where we're at this stage now, we're two months down the road, we will be getting these removed and the rods going on. So I on her arms. She comes across, and I know um, like you've, you've changed sort of your social media now yeah. and everything, but she just comes across as such a confident young lady. Yes. And you know, again, because of us, I suppose, because of her, like they say, you're a product of your environment. You know, we have given her the tools, you know, we will continue to give her the tools to thrive in life. And, you know, no matter what she ever goes through, we always find a way to tell her, you might not be able to do something that me and you can, I can do, but you'll find your way, Kiva. You'll be able to, we'll give you the tools to do it. We'll help you. We'll find that way for you to do it. And I suppose that's, yeah, that's what what we're doing with her. And And I know right at the beginning, we spoke about, you know, going through this whole journey I suppose the 360 and it's enabled you now to find yourself yes because like I say I wish I could rewind and because I went I embarked then on finding myself I don't think I don't think many of us do that Shan I don't think it's very very and this is where I'm coming from five years ago I suppose my life changed I might say 10 years ago it did change 10 years ago but that was a difference that was like into a world of disability 
But then five years ago, you know, my life changed again and I needed to say, okay, hang on a second here. I'm not living properly. I don't know who I am. I need to find who I am. I need to see who Lisa is outside of Paul, outside of my family, outside of my kids. Who am I? I was screaming, Shan, at myself. So I embarked on therapy. I embarked on the road of therapy, finding myself. Not many might want to do it and not many want to sit and say, who am I? You, you've got to look at the hard parts of yourself. And only last week I was in therapy and we send them, I go, we say every once, I kind of back now to every two weeks, but I go religiously. And that's what they said to me. My, my, my therapist said to me, Lisa, you will be forever finding yourself. You will be forever on a journey of discovery. Forever. Yeah. So that's, yeah, you know, but I'm just talking about the hard parts. I'm talking about differentiating what happened in life. What happened to take you here? You know, it was, it's that. I, I love that that expression, though, because I quite often I will speak to people and they'd be like, you know, I've done this work on myself and now I'm ready to move. And I'm like, <laughs> the, work on, the work you do on yourself is forever. Forever. You can't suddenly just change because you're ever mm-hmm. evolving. And if you're not evolving, then you're going backwards. Like you can't yeah. go backwards. Um, and actually, I was just saying earlier, I, I've just finished The Power of Now, which is all about, you know, most of the things that stress us are things mm-hmm. that happened in our past or the things that we think might happen in our future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. Just live in the now. Yeah. Oh, it's there's, huge. There's no stress. <laughs> no. And that's, I think that's what it is. It's like if you start worrying about what's going to happen, Jesus, you might as well just say it just happened because you're going to live into what happened, you know, and you're going to be forever, as my as I as I say, forever in fight and flight. You're going to be constantly in the fight and flight mode. You know, you're never going to be just, you're never going to be, as in just calm, relax. And I suppose I've no, I've learned from being in therapy that you have to feel every feeling, no matter if it's a shit day, if it's a good day, if it's the in-between day. There are days that you need to go through. You might you know, have the shittiest day, but you might have the nicest night. You know, it could be, oh, this is great. Or you just have to be and feel. And I think being now in that world of the therapy world, we'd say, and know it's like you can you can get shit therapists as well. Shan, I have to disclose that you can be with somebody that might be making you feel 10 times worse. You've got to find the person that you click with, you know, and we all need one. We all need to find out what happened, bring it right back to the womb all the way up to your present moment you know and you'll keep doing that because I'm in my 40s now so I'm going to be something different in my 50s 50s is going to be different again 60s yeah. is going to be different you know so yeah definitely I love it I absolutely crave on it and so where will that take you where was what path do you want for Lisa next oh god um I even get excited I just like I loved bringing out the day. I loved bringing out the journal. It was the best thing that I did in. And again, I wouldn't have done it, Shan, because I didn't know who Lisa was. And I think because of the road that I went down and the discovery of myself, I wouldn't have brought out because I had that bit of, I suppose, I had no outside influence. I put it that we were in lockdown. I was sitting on my own. I remember sitting down and said I was journaling and I'm like, eh, hang on a second. I could incorporate all that I've been through into a journal about, to, you know, and I still, I still look at it now and go, but I'm going to add stuff to it, you know, like, so I thrived in it. 
And then I suppose therapy got me to the point of I love talking to people. I love making fe- people feel good. I love listening to them and dissecting what we're after. You know, the deeper meaning, you know, conversations with people. I absolutely thrive when somebody gives you that back. If they're leaving you in and you're discovering who they are and they're discovering who you, I just thrive on it. I think it's, there's nothing better than listening and talking to people, really listening. And so might be that a path that you might take, do you think? Oh, absolutely. I My application's gone in, so we fingers crossed. So yeah, I would love to embark on it. I'd love to just delve in, see if I like it. And if I don't like it, Chen, I'll take another path. I'll do something else. And, you know? and what, what, um, what, what area are you going to delve into? Is it counselling, coaching? Yes, I, no, it would be counselling, psychology. Like, as I say, I went back like that. I only went back five years ago. I did the beauty therapy and absolutely loved it because it was a, a passion of mine. And I said, you know what? I'm going to try that first. And I love it. I love the one-to-one. I love making, you know, that the beauty side of it. But I could see myself, as I said, you know, they say the road that puts, it's like the universe saying, try this first, do this first. And now I'm at the point of, okay, I think I'm ready to, now saying ready, I know that when you do go into counselling and psychotherapy, it is a road of discovery, as in breaking it all down again and building it all back up, you know, so, but I'd love it, absolutely love it. 100% and I I don't think you could spend your money any wiser than to spend it on yourself yeah it's amazing it's I I definitely think if I could give anything to anybody today I definitely think just grab it I know it's hard people aren't a lot of people mightn't be ready you know and it's it's you know when you're ready to say I need help and I was the biggest person I, I was the worst person sorry to never ask for help in the right way, you know, as in a proper way. I didn't know how to chat. I didn't know how to express myself properly. I ran from a lot of stuff. I'd always, oh God, if anything got too heavy, I ran a bit. I didn't know how to tackle it or feel or say that I wasn't feeling great or that you pissed or this person pissed me off or, you know, I just ran. I ran away. I definitely ran away. Like, So if someone went to your page now, Lisa, and, you know, I have to say, like, I love Dear Diagnosis. I think it's a a great place um, when someone has that, you know, I always say it doesn't matter where you brain drop something. It just needs to be an appropriate place. And and to have the tool that you've given people um, Mm -hmm. in that diary, I think is brilliant. But if if someone didn't know anything about you and someone was coming to your page, what would you want them to take away from? I suppose... First of all, positive, I suppose that it's okay to feel like shit, basically. It's okay if you're having the worst day ever, you know, that I suppose you come to my page and it's just real life. I'm not going to, I'm not going to portray anything on Instagram. I'm not going to say to you that, oh, whatever, I have lovely things in life, but I've got shit things. Yeah, the theatrical. Um, I've got lovely things in life, but I've got shit things in life. But that is life. Life is up. And down it's like but once you find the happy medium that you know it's not always going to be like that I think that's it and I think journaling is huge for me I think when I write stuff down I feel a whole lot better you know it just the brain is like oh it's clear I I do and I do so agree with you like you can't you can't know what something feels like when it's amazing if you haven't felt the shit too (laughs) (laughs) yeah you have to feel the shit you have to feel 
you know, life is tough. Life's not, a, it's not a bed of roses. You know, it's not because you could be going along really nicely, like I thought I was, and then bang, it's the wall, as in bang, oh God, what's this? But that's life's way of showing you. Absolutely. Shit rolls downwards, so just always reach <laughs> the top of the hill. <laughs> there but you it's go. True. It's true. Yeah. Oh my God, I could, oh God, I just love talking to you. Um, but let's let's finish with a couple of questions. I'm going to take a couple yeah. of questions from the jar. Okay. So let's go. Oh, this is nice. Simple one. What's your favourite TV programme of all time? Actually, that's quite hard. Oh my God, of all time. Favourite TV programme. I love Will and Grace. I love Karen. <laughs> Jesus, I, I, yeah. Oh, I saw but Jack just crap. That, I'm Jack. I should be Jack. You know, Jack and a woman. Ta-da! That's me. <laughs> jazz hands, jazz hands. Jazz hands, that's me. Okay. Um, what's your greatest fear in life? Oh, my God, that's a good one. My greatest fear. Oh, God, Shan, you're after stumping me. My greatest fear. Dying. Does that sound terrible? <laughs> Dying. Dying and being on my own in the ground, that sounds awful now, doesn't it? That's a weird one. No, that's okay. Get burnt, though, then you nothing can eat you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cremation. I'll have to put that down over Paul. Cremation, Paul. <laughs> you know, like, I know, like, whatever, but um, obviously it's much more popular where I come from. But uh, my dad, <laughs> my dad um, was just wrapped me in paper, wrapped me in a newspaper and just burned me. And then, <laughs> yeah, and, um, and when he passed away, he always used to hate cleaning toilets and so it was a big joke but we he was scared of heights as well and I'm petrified of heights and we flew we threw him off the side of a cliff <laughs> and I I couldn't even go to the edge of the cliff because I'm so scared of heights and I was really upset my mum was like don't be upset and I was like I'm more upset that you've chucked him over the side of a cliff because he hated heights and at the oh, bottom God. of the cliff is a load is a load of shit <laughs> so, <laughs> It's where all the sheep oh, I, I said all the things I used to moan about, but um, yeah. Yeah, I think dying, like, I think, yeah, being on my own, dying in the kind of, yeah, don't do that to me. No. Or don't leave me in the house, or don't leave me in the in the church on my own. That That's not, it's an all-go. Yeah, <laughs> an all-go. No, absolutely. And finally, what song motivates you? Oh, Shan, I've loads. Um, give me an Ibiza tune. Oh, crikey. I, listen, you see, this is it now, right? I'd have, oh, God. Is there something you back to... on in the morning? You know, when you're putting on your coffee and you need a bit of a boost. I've got a few too. Have you? I'm yeah, trying to think of the one. There's I've, no... a, I've a load. Yeah, I've a load. I'd be honest with you, I'd have a good, oh, I don't know their names. I'm very bad. You see again, Shannon, very bad for names. I remember the song, but I want my work and memory isn't great. So, yeah, I'm trying to think. I've a load. I've a load if I beat the tunes. You can text me one and I'll put it in the in the little script. I there love you go. Snap, I've got the power, always gets me going in the morning. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> or what's that one? Ain't no mountain high enough. Uh, Jack oh, yeah, that's I love it. Yeah. That's a yeah. great one. I, I like, like that, that one. Yeah. And, yeah. and a very good way for us to finish. So Lisa, thank yeah. you so much for joining You're me. You're more today. than welcome. It's brilliant. Good. I'm so delighted. I could talk to you all day, Shan. I know. Well, we'll get you back. Yeah, I'll see you soon. <laughs> 